Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. We should be able to hear the magnetic resonance field. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I'm your other host, Susan Fox. And with us today are Claudia Christian and Morgan Grant Buchanan, co-authors of a new novel called... Wolf's Empire Gladiator from Tor Books. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to be back. So, so Gladiator, is there going to be a whole series of these? Will we, we have, you know, Wolf's Empire Pie Baker, uh, Lawyer? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the next one. Empire Butcher, yes. Yeah, yes. there we, we are. So, I know, there was plenty of butchery going on. That's it. The Butcher, the Baker. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's Gladiator now, but will he will he feel remorse later? She. She. Thank you. <laughs> okay, yeah. sorry, sorry. We had that problem when the cover art for the book first came out. They uh, the, the artist did a wonderful job, and then the, the main character, front and center, was, was a male Gladiator. Uh-huh. We kind of uh-huh. had to come back to talk and say, and say, well, it's a great cover, but but it's a female lead, and we'd really like a woman to be there front and center in the shot for the for the cover. So uh, they had yeah. to redo it. <laughs> We're very appreciative that they did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, to answer your question, yes, we just signed the contract for book two, mm, and woo-hoo. we have three planned. All right. So I, I could not put it down. I was, you know, kicked at one, two, and three in the morning to go to bed, and uh, it was just just not for all the politics in this book. It was not still nonstop action. I don't know how you do it, but you did it, and it really was a page turner. It's great to hear. Thank yeah. you. I, I must Thank go. You. To, must go to Amazon and write that down. You must well, please go do. To Amazon. Yes, please <laughs> <laughs> write that down. That's very important to have those positive reviews up there. Well, and one of the really helpful things is that it is by Tor Books. You know, it's being published by Tor Books, and that's that gives the readers a sort of an automatic seal of approval. I mean, they if it's from Tor Books, they know it's going to be at least very, very good. <laughs> that's good to know. We have the um, the genre stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes, very, very much so. Very much so. So. So, so you two have worked together before on uh, the memoir. Yes, Babylon Confidential. Mm-hmm. And um, what we are just dying to know is, how did you two become writing partners? 
Aren't you crazy? Kids get together from opposite ends of the world. Well, that's right. I'm in Australia, and it's uh, it's winter and miserable here at the moment. <laughs> so uh, we we met when we were doing a science fiction movie. We were working on a very short sci-fi movie uh, called Barrier, which was about mm-hmm. racing in outer space. And uh, Claudia shot her part on green screen from Los Angeles, and uh, I was the writer on the the project. And after that, we just started talking about how we could keep on doing something together. Um, and we started messing around with the idea of uh, a future Rome that never fell. And during that time, uh, the job for Claudia's memoir came about, mm-hmm. uh, Babylon Confidential, which talks about her life, her times in Hollywood, her time on Babylon 5, and her battles with addiction. And mm-hmm. uh, we ended up working together on that and developing a, a, a very comfortable way of working together over Skype over long distance. That's uh, that's it's a that's very remarkable. Unusual, yeah, it's a remarkable uh, working relationship when you can well, when you can well, do that. Wouldn't it work back in the eighteen hundreds? That parchment had gotten a little old. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> and not but, to mention slow. Well, yeah, was, like, well, it, this would have been uh, Wolf's Empire. Uh, it would have been about forty-five pages as opposed to five hundred. I would imagine. Well, you um, have to breed larger pigeons to carry them. Much larger owls, yes. Pelicans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Claudia, you are uh, you are a fan of the genre yourself. I mean, you've acted in all of this stuff, of course, and uh, but you are a fan of the genre yourself. I'm a I'm a I'm a big history fanatic, and I and you know it, I um, obviously being in having been in Babylon Five has exposed me to a world of genre, but um, and doing Highlander and things like that, of mm-hmm. course, have just uh, ignited my love of swords and chopping off people's heads. So that is helpful. But um, uh, Rome is always you know it, it's it's a reflection of society as a whole. I mean, there, there's. I think when you when you tackle something as complex as 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 Rome, you you are free to go just about anywhere. And now that it's a Rome that never fell, of course, we can bring in all mm-hmm. the great world building and genre stuff like aliens and different planets and so forth. So it's 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 really a place. It's a wonderful playground, I think. But um, for me, you know, it's all it's all about the fighting. I think at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we were originally we were originally only contracted to write a hundred thousand words for tall, and yeah. uh, the book just kept. It's Rome, you know, and Rome mm-hmm. has such scope, and we had to decide: would we really limit the story, or would we just let it uh, have its own reign and go for it, you know? And uh, it ended up being two hundred and fifty thousand words just for the first book. And, so and today, that today is today immense. I finished page four hundred and twenty-five of the Audible book, and the sound engineer looked at me and went, "Less than a hundred to go." Oh, <laughs> and I went, "Wow, yeah." He, he, he was so excited that we were in the four hundreds finally. You know, we were finally in the four hundreds, and and I mean, we've gotten to know each other over the past couple of months. And he said, "Oh no, it's only going to be maybe one more week of sessions." And I looked at him like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, th- I think that audiobook's going to come in at about thirty-five or forty hours or something. It's going to be Absolutely. a whopping, a whopping audiobook. That's a coast-to-ghost oh, drive. Yeah, it's a massive. Yeah, audiobook. The, yeah, that'll definitely get you from Los Angeles to New York. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would get you from uh, yeah Melbourne to London to New York. <laughs> Walking. Yes. Yeah, that'd be a long. That'd be a wet drive. Kind of, well, you kind of you moist. Put, you put your bicycle on an airplane. You just 
go back and forth. You know, or, or, or a walk, you take a step, and it take you forever. You take a step, and you come up for air, and you go down and take another step, and you come up for air. I don't know air. why, but you guys are breaking up now. Maybe it's because I faced away from the microphone for a moment. I yes, should, now you're perfect. Thank I you. Should yeah, you will, you will come back now. I should, yeah. I should uh, pay more, much more attention to the sock monkey. So we Thank have you. sock monkeys on our microphones. Yeah, we use them as... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we uh, we use those for pop screens. Yeah, the 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 silly pop screens, you know, uh, uh, on on the little metal arms, and and they look great and they do their job, but they're so fragile, and you bump them the wrong way, and they're broken. And uh, sock monkeys turned out to work a lot better. <laughs> so um, we have arts and crafts nights here. It's, oh yes, it's not. <laughs> So, um, Morgan... Maybe the next one should be Wolf's Empire Sock Monkey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make you a sock monkey with a sword. That's it. (laughs) Gladius. Lambkins. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, uh, Akala... How do you pronounce her name? Akala? Akala. Oh, she kicks royal butt. I am... she's, She's like my new girl crush character. <laughs> I want to meet her. I want to be her. She's sort of she's a, so smart and so destructive <laughs> and so sneaky. She's got a lot of sneaky going on. It, it, she seems to be becoming popular. Uh, people, readers, and and uh, fans on Claudia's uh, social media pages have been sending in fan art. They've been doing their own drawings of Akala and sending them in. Ooh, oh, yuck. that's that's when you know you've got your audience hooked. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's going to be. Um, Costumes, you know, uh, cosplaying. Uh, but, uh, yes, the cosplay players dressed up as a collar with Orbis. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing lots of black discuses. You know, that's going to be. Yes, that'll be exciting. So, tell us something about the book. Um, what was the genesis of it, and uh, where did you, where did you get your idea to, to for the story? Um, we we were talking with Claudia's. Very, very interested in history, and she I've stayed at her place. Her whole house is crammed to, to the brim with historical fiction and history books. Um, and I have a little interest that way myself, um, but my main background is in science fiction and fantasy. And we sat down together and we just started throwing around ideas as to what might work. And when you see there's a, so much derivative, uh, in a good way, science fiction and fantasy that draws from Rome, like Rome is an inspiration to so many um, genre novels that we Mm -hmm. thought, well, why call it something else? Why give all the characters funny names with apostrophes in them? Let's just, uh, let's just run with Rome itself, you know, (laughs) Uh, and just say, what if it never fell? What if it kept on expanding, expanding into space? And then we started talking about uh, all the different tropes that have to do with Rome. You know, instead of taking barbarian slaves, the barbarians would now be aliens. Uh, Instead of having uh, provinces as parts of countries or segments of Europe, they would be distant alien worlds or segments of the galaxy that were cut up and shared among Rome's noble houses. And the more we talked about it, the more interesting it got. And uh, then we decided to pitch it around. We pitched it as a graphic novel um, and we pitched it as a few different kinds of formats and uh, Tor, Tor picked it up as a novel. And then we started really developing it from there. It was going to be a YA novel originally, mm-hmm. um, and then it sort of then it sort of grew out of control and had more sex and violence. And yeah, I was about to say this is a, they're getting more violent in the YA books these days, but not yeah, this violent. Holy cow! Ninety thousand word YA book, and then everything else took over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ninety thousand word. 
at at ninety thousand words, you're already over the length of a standard novel these days. That's just short attention span theater, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of disappointed yeah, well, in we, that. We did have a little moment of terror where we sort of sent it into the editor a year a year after we were drew to hand it in because we we said to him, "Look, it's it's just growing out of control. Can we keep running with it?" And he said, yeah, yeah, go, keep going. And then when we came back, we said, we said, oh, well, you know, we know we were talking about 90 to 100 and it's sort of now at 250. Is, is that still going to be okay? <laughs> but thankfully it was all good, you know. So, oh, my God. And they were very happy. They were very happy. And before we've even got the first one out, they were already um, after the second one. I mean, so now is, we're, we're, we're at work on developing that. This is sort of like a sort of Shannara page count here. That's, that's really something. Yeah, only this one's readable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of the things that you must have had to deal with while you were working out the uh, uh, the new universe for this world in which Rome never fell was fixing what it was that made the actual Rome fall in the first place. Uh, do you have some thoughts on that or that you can share? There is a... a a sort of fixed rule with alternate history books where you spend a bit of time talking about that. Um, and this isn't really a strict alternate history book. It, it's a space opera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a fantasy. It's a dream of a Rome that never fell. And we cover it very quickly in the beginning. There's a kind of little historical overview for the first one and a half pages that sort of covers the basic idea, you know, Rome didn't fall, it expanded, it took over the entirety of the earth, it expanded into space, that there's noble houses, that they're running the empire and so on. So, And there's maps that set this up as well that we worked out. We, uh, My wife's an astrophysicist, so she helped us draw up galaxy maps and carve up, carve up the galaxy when we were doing our world building. But mm-hmm. then we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the period from when Rome didn't fall through to 7,000 years in the future, which is the future Rome that we're dealing with in the story. And part of the reason is we just wanted to jump straight into the dream of the thing. And secondly, you know, it would have been another 50,000 words. (laughs) I think think the book book might have blown up at that point. But for those people, and there have already been a few comments on Amazon with people saying, what about all the history in between? Yeah, you know, we've got another t- we've got another two books up our sleeve. So relax, you know that that, that stuff will be covered. Um, <laughs> shoot the, the, sh- shoot the, the sheriff first, in the first we really chapter. Really wanted to establish it as it was, you know. Yeah, I don't think you needed it. Okay, Rome never fell. It's seven thousand years later. Boom, start. Okay, kill something. Well, <laughs> well I'm just uh, you it's know. It's ironic that we're we're actually going to be talking about world building uh, at San Diego Comic Con on the Saturday of um of the convention mm, that, oh, that's the panel that they actually chose for us to participate in yeah that's that's, that's a gonna, good one yeah i mean usually uh, claudia you're on panels for uh your on-screen appearances and now you're going to be uh on a writer's track on a writer's track well, i was there in 2012 for babylon confidential uh-huh. um I, uh, I i i was there and then of course i you know i do signings uh, i've done i did the 20th anniversary of Babylon 5 last mm-hmm. year or year before last. Sure. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, uh, this this is, is exciting. This, it's, this it's, is your first time you know, uh, on the writer's track. Uh, for a fictional work. For a, fiction, a work of fiction. Not informed by anybody else's story, but yours. Yeah, my life uh, with Freaks and Geeks and Babylon Confidential were both um, memoirs. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. yes, the first, uh, I, you know, I've, I've 
did some um, some short stories that were published, but uh, some of them were kind of dirty. So. <laughs> so, so, so not a lot of people have copies of those at conventions, but you would be surprised. Um, I think <laughs> I think at Eroticon they had a bunch of copies of my. Uh, I dabbled in um, erotica for a while, so mm-hmm. uh, yes, there are some. Uh, stories out there that I, <laughs> that I made that little circuit but we won't talk about that here it's okay it's <laughs> and uh, uh morgan you have quite the uh quite the list of accomplishments uh from a, a, the standpoint of being a writer um oh, I've, 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 if i have any accomplishments it's uh it's in not being able to stick at any one thing for too long i've uh <laughs> Well, that's that's a diverse a diverse catalog. Yeah, we we call that being well rounded. Yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Elaborated on some short stories that have been published. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did the short film with Claudia. I did, helped Claudia with her memoir, and then now we've got this uh, science fiction novel. So every time it's something different. <laughs> so what? There'll be another book. So that'll be two. Sorry. There'll be uh, in an. At least another book. By the, by at least one more book, so... Oh, yeah, that two more. Well, so, so yeah, got... there'll be some consistency here. We've, we've, uh, we've got a lot of future Rome to be writing. And uh, we're also um, just currently pitching a, a science fiction noir series um, that we've had in development for a while. So ah. hopefully uh, someone will pick that up and, and uh, you'll see another uh, stack of books come out from us. Claudia, yeah. you were associated with a uh, a noir uh, sci-fi radio drama, weren't you? Uh, yes. What, what was the name of that one? I don't recall off the top of my head, but I do remember uh, that you were in it. I knew you were going to ask me the name, and I just drew – immediately when you said radio drama, I said, oh, Doctor Who. And then I went, no, 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 no. He's referring to the one that uh, – oh, God. <laughs> it's not Anne Manx, is it? It's what? It's not Anne Manx, is it? No, 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 not Anne Manx. Although Anne Manx is, well, I wouldn't call it her. She's a detective, and it's futuristic. Um, uh, no, I think he's referring to the one that's the real sort of uh, gumshoe noir one that I did. Um, uh, you know, and it had all a bunch of science fiction and genre actors and actresses in it. And I cannot. I'm just spacing am, on the name. I am. In fact. At least off the hook myself, because you can't remember it either. <laughs> well, I'm just looking on Google. I've got Hot House Bruiser. That's funny, yeah, isn't that's it? it? That's it. Hot House right. Bruiser. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd rather talk about Annie Manx because it's a much better series. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. well, let's talk about that then. No, 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 no. We'll get back to Wolf. But yeah, yeah Annie Manx is the detective, but and it's futuristic sci-fi. But uh, uh-huh. the other one, Hot House Bruiser, was a very noir. Yes. Well, I mean, Akala had to do a bunch of. Detective work in this uh, in this story, didn't you? She? Just call her Akala. <laughs> who done it? <laughs> oh, that's like people who call me Ivanova. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Akala. No, you know, back in the uh, back in the the 1900s, when uh, when they started up the scouts, when Baden Powell started up the scouts, they used to uh, they used to have a Akala. Which was like the Scouts Wolf Pack mother. So we've had a few uh-huh. people sort of saying, "Is it Arkayla?" And uh, we got the name. If you've ever seen that famous statue of Romulus and Remus, the, the two twins who founded Rome, and they're suckling from the she wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, the story is that the the two brothers uh, they get lost uh, for whatever reason, and they're out in the wilderness, and then the female wolf finds them, and then rather than eats them, she she suckles them because she recognises that they're babies. 
And so they draw some kind of supernatural strength from that. And then they go on to found the city of Rome. Well, at least one of them does. Um, the other, they have a fight and one of them gets killed. So I think uh, Remus. Otherwise, gets, otherwise it would be Reem. But he, gets, but he gets beaten up by Romulus and kills him. Anyway. Um, so the name of that the name of that she wolf in the old mythology of Rome is is Acca, A C C A, and we had the idea of Akala being from the house of the wolf. All of the noble houses have their totem animals, mm-hmm. and uh, hers is the wolf. The emperor's, of course, is the eagle, and uh, so she's named for that wolf, the wolf who suckled the founders of Rome. And then that has something to do with her destiny in terms of how the story progresses. You ended up with uh, probably way more story than uh, you planned on. I'm surprised the publisher didn't cut it into two books, but there really wasn't a a, a neat dividing point halfway through. <laughs> right there was, we did suggest point. that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we did. We did. There was, uh, and uh, yeah, we're, our Bob, our editor, just said uh, no, just put it all into one. But there was oh. that chat going around that it would be enough for two books easily. <laughs> Well, but, but that, I think I think I think the fans, sci-fi fans and, and readers, fantasy readers, they like big books. Um, they like they a big book that they can immerse themselves in and get lost in, and uh, hopefully that will be this will be that for them. I, I like big books, and I cannot lie. No, oh, stop! I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to hit him with a large book here later. <laughs> that, uh, that, that rap song from the '80s, Claudia. That's the one. That's the one. It, I, I didn't get it. He said, "I like books." I like, yeah, big, I like books. big I like big yes. books, and I cannot lie. Oh, is that a rap song from the eighties? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, I like books, and I cannot lie. I think. Oh, <laughs> boy, that one went right over my innocent head. <laughs> <laughs> and aren't you sorry now? You asked. <laughs> See how a, bit of, a bit of cultural enlightenment for the day. Thank you. I appreciate that because here I've been listening to Forêt and, uh, you know, <laughs> Hildegard von Bingen and various <laughs> too much culture. I guess. You had the opportunity to uh, uh, zero in on, say, a 100,000 page <laughs> plot limit. You know, you you saw what was happening, and you went ahead and and let the story take its take its uh, path anyway. Um, well, there was just no stopping it. Yeah, well, uh, because of the structure of the plot, there was just no good breaking point for it. We got very excited in the beginning, and we started, you know, as we're doing our research and we're we're digging through Gibbon and uh, looking at all the original Roman source material. You, know, it's very, you start going, oh, what about this and what about that? And you throw this idea on and that idea on. And, and once you start opening all those doors, we opened, we threw open a lot of doors in the beginning because we didn't want to shortchange the idea of mm-hmm. a future Rome. We wanted to do it justice. And then by the time we hit 100,000 words, we looked at each other and went, ah, by the time we close all these doors, <laughs> it's going to be at least double this. Um, so that's and you just keep on writing. You know, we just kept on mm-hmm. sending stuff back and forth and, and working through the plot points, and uh, and it ended up being as long as it ended up being. And and uh, we hope that that makes it interesting for the reader. But it mm-hmm. was certainly a hell of a lot of work. So do you send uh, uh, manuscript bits back and forth then, or is it? Well, uh, it would be over the the internet. It would be wouldn't be paper. I'm, no, by carrier pigeon. Actually, <laughs> we find that. that yeah. Uh, um, I, when we finished, when we went to do the launch for Babylon Confidential, I stayed at Claudia's place uh, in Los Angeles for a week, and we did all the initial planning there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then when we come back, I rough out a draft and send it to Claudia and then she makes her notes and does some writing on that and then sends it back. And we just go back and forth like that until we're happy with what we've got and break it down chapter by chapter. And, uh, and you just do that consistently over a very long period of time. And it was uh, two and a half years and you got a book. (laughs) (laughs) You make it sound like a 12 pound baby. Like, well, I thought I'd be having an eight pounder, but Hey, you know, I decided to leave (laughs) it in the oven another four months. It it was exactly like that. (laughs) That sounds uncomfortable. Yes. So, so, uh, uh, Wolf's Empire, Gladiator, this first one took how long to write? He said two years. Two years to, yeah. to get this one done. And looking at this incredible tome, I can see why. Um, they had to work out the chemistry of, of how the aliens worked, how their, mm-hmm. their life cycle works, what the chemistry is. Turning, you know, irradiating poison mm. into life-giving ambrosia. Correct. All kinds of things. And there's big themes there with addiction and and a uh, lot of lot of. Uh, I, I don't want to give anything away, so it's hard to. Um, I but know. A couple of, I know it's really hard to discuss the book when when people haven't read it. Um, but a, a lot of the people who have read it basically told me that they were screaming at the book, <laughs> you know, because oh, things would happen and they'd say, no, don't sleep with that person or no, don't go, don't, no, you know, betrayal and everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and a lot of people got very, very upset. I think there was a great tweet the other day of, of a girl who had already read it and her roommate was reading it and screaming at the book. And the one girl shook her head and went, been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, and and once fun. again, that's, that's, a mark of how engaged your reader your readers are, and uh, oh, it's as... yeah, they don't even sit down. They they told me one girl read it in sixty hours straight. Uh, say that you, again. Now you're breaking up. I said, uh, yeah. Now I can hear me. <laughs> yeah, I, well, just... I can. I, I can give you a world building uh, headache story while Claudia's mic recovers. Um, my wife is is an astrophysicist. She's a she's a scientist. And uh, one of the things I had to help us with was the number of gladiators, because the, the idea is that each of the noble houses, to prevent a civil war, sends their best gladiators into the into the field, and uh, each team has to fight, and the, the team that wins at the end um, gets to be the winner of, of this civil war that's going on throughout the empire. Um, and it saves a lot of lives. It's very convenient. This is the emperor's emperor's great idea. Um, but there's uh, seven noble houses fighting and they've got uh, eight gladiators on each team. So there's 56 gladiators mm-hmm. fighting. And instead of it being a uh, fixed arena, it's a whole world. They've converted a whole planet into an arena. And then each of those gladiators has to die over the course of the book as the story progresses. And That's a, lot, know, of, that's got, a lot of dead people. Got, it's a lot of people dying and you know they've each got to have their own character they've each got to have their own distinctive look they've got to have their own signature weapon their own style um and then you know you can't have them all die the same way otherwise it's boring <laughs> so, so you have no, to come you... up with ways the environment and the particular mm-hmm. uh, game that they're playing at the time uh, serves to to end their life or you know whether the aliens that are indigenous mm-hmm. to the planet step in um so just 
that's just one little thing, you know, out of out of the whole book. And is, then their lives managing, have to their lives have to matter. Sequential, and and then it has to balance because yeah. you you have to keep the reader's interest. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, seven teams, and you can't have one team gut out too quickly. You know, the, the 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 deaths have to kind of be balanced to hold the interest of the readers. Or if one team's has too many excess mm-hmm. deaths, it has to play some part into the plot. So it's it, that was a world building headache just on its own. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's uh, keeping the uh, keeping the reader's interest over this larger work, uh, and keeping that energy up, and uh, and shaping that as you go, uh, must have been a tremendous challenge. Well, I'll tell you just from doing the audible version that it is relentless. I mean, it is there. There are very very few quiet moments in the book where there is a reflective narrative that is going on. Um, you know, there's a lot of action, you know, as, as, uh, mm-hmm. just, a, there's just a lot going on at all times. And I think that's what's engaging people. And the feedback has been, has been phenomenal. You know, I, I don't think either one of us could be happier at this point about the fans just immediately falling in love with it and not being able to put it down, which is, that's the kind of book you want. You want a book that people hate you because they stayed up all night reading it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And they just better be, you know, at least eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they better not take five years or more in between them, exactly. or you'll hear about it. You pull a George uh-huh. Martin. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. I wasn't going. We're, there. We're, we're, we're desperately scribbling on the next one because we know readers get very impatient with these series. They want it now, you know. Oh yeah, yes. Morgan's actually coming out to Los Angeles. So, gosh, you're coming out next week, mate. Huh? That's right. Yep. Yeah. No, we're we're about three two weeks from. Uh, Comic San Diego Comic Con, so yeah, yeah, he arrives next Sunday. Oh my goodness, what? Yeah, well, uh, I'll be at Comic Con as well. I'm speaking on Sunday, so sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm on a uh, uh, panel about uh, uh, full time creativity on a part time schedule, which is kind of a oh. misnomer because you can't really do that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you can talk about it on a panel at San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> well, and it's you know it's about giving giving people enough perspective so that they can get it sorted out well enough that they can do whatever it is they love uh, on a full-time basis. What and day are you speaking? It's Sunday. It's I think we're the last last panel of the show, we, like we will 4 miss o'clock. Coming down for the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're well, there on the Saturday. We'll miss, so if we'll you're miss. there on the Saturday, then we'll have, we'll have a few beers. <laughs> well, yeah. that could happen. Yeah, it, it might happen. I, I'm still working out the details. Um. So... Ah, the world building that you did on this one is probably, uh, I, I would guess that it was the most prodigious part of the job. Well, uh, they'll have, they'll, they'll have less of it to do in the next book, on, unless, of course, oh, wait, it has to take place on an entirely other planet, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> you are so screwed. Well, we, I, think, I think for the next one, we're also going to spend more time in the city of Rome. Um, uh-huh. Rome is still there. So it'll, it'll, there'll, be, there'll be space and there'll be... I mean, this book, the first part of this book is set in Rome, but I think uh, for where we need the plot to head, uh, the, the, the middle, at least the middle of the next book will be spent entirely in the city of Rome. Okay, but no... Exploring politics and assassination and all those things. Yeah, but no more bulls of lark's tongues, okay? That's, that's like the oldest urban legend on the planet. They did not eat like that. No lark's tongues, no wolf nipple chips, none of that rubbish. Hey, hey, you, they, know, you know, you know, they had dormice stuffed with chestnuts. They had those. They had those. <laughs> really, dormice 
stuff. If with it chestnuts. was an animal and it didn't get away fast enough, it was it was on the book. I've I've gone through Apicius. I went looking for <laughs> oh, candied boy. candied larks tongues and nothing like that was in there. Okay. So all I'm saying is make them eat real food, <laughs> even if they're door mice. Sure. You know, um, <laughs> we, we'll check will, our research on that one. The food I think they recently found you. a Roman recipe book, you know, with all kinds of stuff in it just, just about a year and a half or so ago. Uh-huh. Well, let me, we'll, we'll have to talk about the translations of Apicius because there's one good one, there's one okay one, and there's one terrible one. Okay, good. Well, you, you please please send us your notes on that. I, I we will. do the best we can when trying to cover the entirety of Roman civilization. Yeah, it's quite the trick. Susan, I've had my culinary historian <laughs> moment. I'm done. I'm done. Have, you ever, have, you ever made, have you ever tried to make garum? Yes. I have. Yes. And um, it takes longer than you think. And um, you're really better off going to the Asian market and getting fish sauce there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I do oh, these well, things once. Yes, <laughs> I've made tofu once just to yeah, see home, why I don't. Your home smells like. No, you, you do that outside. That that has to be done way out in the backyard. And if you're in an apartment, you're out of luck. Don't do it. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. So, did you work out all the all the uh, sword battles and discus battles and and weaponry yourself? How much how much of your own physical um, fight fighting just, did you just, choreograph? Just 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 before we answer that, very good question. I've got here Around the Roman Table, Food and Feasting in Ancient Rome by Patrick Fass, published by Pelgrave Macmillan. Well, that's the, uh, that's the recent from one, From Pompeii. Right? Aladrum M. Carpe, linguas execa exepioni. I can't read Latin very well. Get 1,000 larks, remove their tongues and set aside. Discard the larks, put the tongues in a pan with a little oil and saute quickly. Transfer to hot platter. Serves four. <laughs> Say, I need this book. I'm, I'm working through a different book. Okay. It serves four. All right. I'm, and it serves me right to have said a word about it. I apologize. And, and Enjoy your lark's tongues in peace. Seriously, serves four? What you more It's They're very small. There's, a, there's an album called Lark's Tongues in Aspen from the 1970s. See, it's a lot of lot. You just raised a big subject here. <laughs> okay, I've been spoiled. the larks, the larks tongue conflict. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm gonna have to go out and trap some larks and try it. <laughs> Damn it! So, so getting back to her, uh, a lot of larks tongues to make a pie. Getting um, back to her earlier question, um, okay, I've, did you I've got a background in in martial arts? Um, I've been doing it since I was a little kid. And so I brought some of that along to the writing of the action scenes in terms of the combat descriptions. But Claudia also, uh, she can tell you, she, she has an interesting background in terms of her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's I, an islander. <laughs> I, I threw the longest discus throw for a sixth grader in uh, in my school's history. <laughs> wow. But it Your was a one-off. It was a it, yeah. It was in my. I was in uh, middle school in Connecticut, and uh, it was a one-time achievement. I, I thought I, I really had big aspirations to be an Olympian at one point, but I was really, really mediocre at every sport. 
um, except swimming. I was pretty good at that. But the rest of them, I was very mediocre. But I was I, I loved the discus, and I, uh, I I believe it had something to do with you know getting bitten by a bee or something propelled this discus to be some <laughs> unbelievable length, and I held the record. <laughs> shining moment that was my uh my my big olympic moment and um it i did love the discus i loved i I loved it but uh yeah that's my that's my uh my part of the story (laughs) not quite as illustrious as morgan's black belt but (laughs) but but you know nonetheless but no there's more claudia did weapons training for highlander and she's got some fantastic sword fighting scenes in that show yes she does oh that's what you meant i thought you meant yeah no i studied with f braun and uh he's a wonderful sword master and Uh anytime i do anything um in any film or television show that's a fight i always like to do it myself they usually uh you know sometimes they they throw in a stunt double if it's something Mm -hmm. particularly hard like jumping off of a 10-story building or something which I wouldn't do anyway because I'm afraid of heights. But yes, the hack 'em and slap 'em stuff is all is all me, and I love it. Well, that's that's exciting. I love the fact that you do your own that you do your own work. It probably scares the director to death. <laughs> well, it's funny because a lot of the the time, you know, you're not. I mean, a sword is a sword, whether it's incredibly sharp or it's a dull blade. It's it's still a sword. It still you're, weighs you know, four pounds, and the tip is still it, it, traveling at sixty hurt. miles an hour. Yes, and it's it, and it would be painful if it hit you in the wrong foot, and it would break. A but it's fun. I, <laughs> I, I saw a a comment on the internet the other day. Someone there was something on Reddit or I don't know where it was, but they were ranking the great stunts in film history. And someone said, for my for my money, I would rank Claudia Christian in Maniac Cop Two. I think it was <laughs> where she gets handcuffed to a steering wheel, and then they let the car run loose with her standing belong, alongside it well, and uh, and i remember from our memoir that was you nearly died doing that stunt yeah yeah that wasn't a stunt that was a mistake oh <laughs> that, was, that was uh that was the the platform i was standing on when i was handcuffed to the car and it was made to look like i was running alongside the car at 35 40 miles an hour actually broke and so i was actually dragged by the car so oh my yeah. gosh those are stunts gone wild. Not a good time. <laughs> so, when, so when you read about people being dismembered and dragged along by hover chariots uh, yeah. during the gladiatorial matches in our book, you'll know Claudia's talking from real life. <laughs> exactly. Oh. I know what it feels like. <laughs> I do. It oh, sounds like one of those Ben-Hur horror stories of people being injured and killed. And, and Hell they- yeah, they kept the footage. <laughs> Speaking of Ben Hur, I just saw Morgan sent me the, um, the the little preview of the movie that's coming out this summer. That's oh, that's exciting. right. There's a new one. Did they kill anybody? There's, no, more, there's, there's, a, there's more chariots to be had. Yeah. Right into- no, that, that's a that's a rather nice tie-in. It is a nice tie-in, isn't it? More Romans, yay! Yay! <laughs> Romans in space, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Well, they've got Romans, but they don't have Romans in space. Exactly. And, yeah, that's and, it. And I, yeah, I still have to look up that uh, Star Trek episode, Bread and Circuses, because everyone keeps asking me if I've seen it, and I have not. Oh, you haven't. It's, you have it's worth seeing. It's worth seeing. It's a, it's a bit uh, – It's they lay it on a little thick. You As, know. Like you do. Like, no. you, like you do Original in 1967. Star Trek laying something on thick? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, they lay they lay the whole uh, 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 
Christian slave circus thing on thicker than Shatner's eyeliner, okay? Well, Lordy Lord. Thicker than that girdle. Thicker than the toupee. <laughs> we can all night with this stuff. You know that. Mm. We're going to get on a list. You know we are. <laughs> yeah, It'll be probably. Things and toupees. That's the name of our next book. <laughs> Yeah, there'll be hell the to pay. Galactic cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. There's there. That's one of my sub collections of cookbooks is science fiction cookbooks, and you may run barefoot through it at some point if you wish. There's plenty of them out there. I, which surprised me, you know, before I I met Susan, I did not know that this was a subgenre at all. Somebody put Claudia's together a just website. A, a cooking blog, uh, a blog entry on the tour.com website all about her love of cooking. She's she's a semi-professional chef. Claudia is a gifted cook. Ooh, and uh, you've, you've done some of those Roman dishes, haven't you, Claudia? I have done some of the Roman dishes, yes. In fact, I, I, I uh, shot a, a cooking show last summer that was based in um, first century AD cooking. So I, uh, I, I've experimented with just about every era. I've made full medieval feasts um, based on you know actual recipes. I've done a lot of Roman, a lot of um, uh, you know Mediterranean food from the time of Christ. So that that's uh, you know, pretty in, in, encompassing a lot of stuff. I, 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 told, I told you she was a history nut. We need a film festival. <laughs> you I, and you and Susan have more in common than you realize. Yeah, I was about to say I've been on Food Network that's a couple so, of yeah. times with historical stuff, but I need a new show. The old show I was on isn't on anymore. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm still kind of trying to um, trying to sell mine, but um, it's it's a good. It's a history-based cooking show, but brought up into obviously making recipes that the average person can make at home. But I, I like to tell the stories of the stories behind each each thing: the lentil, the lamb, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where I, I got the idea of doing this show. So it's actually educational as well as um, entertaining. I hope. Well, the new, you know, the the I, new the new I, Hollywood I, is YouTube. It, maybe it could be a, a a web show, a web series. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to give it a little more shot. It took me about eight months to get it edited, so it's just been finished uh -huh. for a few months, and we're pitching it around. But, hey, if it doesn't sell, then I'll put it up on the web. Well, there we go. It, 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 it could be... Mark's tongue jelly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to live that down, am I? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call you Lark's tongue, not Susan anymore. I've been, I've been called worse things. <laughs> Now, there's another one I like from Apicius that's a ham and you um, with figs in pastry. And there was a graffito somewhere saying you will lick the pan this was cooked in, apparently connected with this recipe. But uh, we, for short, we call it the Pig Newton. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. Ham, ham in pastry with figs. Yes, I got that part. And then I got the graffiti. But then I didn't they, do uh, they, did it... do, they did do a feast, a feast pig where they uh, they bring out a sow and then they cut its belly open in front of the table. And then inside they've got uh, sausages made up as its intestines. Um, oh, my God. Well, sweet is totally, sausages. That is totally and then they've to And then they've got little baby pigs made out of pastries. Mm. So... Uh, the Romans were all class. You know? oh, <laughs> that sounds disgusting. 
It's adorable. It, and it disgusting. sounds disgusting, doesn't it? But it's I mean, disgusting it and adorable at the same time. Okay, so well, think, well, what do you think of a turducken? It's along the same lines. Oh, that's really true. Is. That's true. <laughs> so there was this feast. And I made up a pastry pig's head with mincemeat on the inside and a crown on top to keep, you know, as a lid. And I bring it forth to the king of the feast, and I exhort the king to de-crown this this imposter and, and, you know, start the dessert course, which he does, and he ladles out the... The, the mincemeat with great gusto and I announce to the crowd I have an announcement for the populace the king has the brains of a pig he looks at me I look at him I look back at the audience and I make I have another another announcement for the populace the king does not have the brains of a pig I'm leaving now <laughs> you wouldn't last long on Game of Thrones I can tell you that <laughs> about 10 minutes yeah. <laughs> But then again, everybody lasts about 10 minutes on Game of Thrones. So so what's the name of the next book in the series? Do you have it picked out yet? We can't tell you. It's a secret. Can't tell us it's a secret. Which means it's liable to change. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Butcher, baker, and candlestick maker. That's it. We've got our our titles planned out for the trilogy, but... um, we don't want to give them away just yet because it'll it'll, it'll tell a bit too much about the plot and uh uh-huh. well that makes sense so, so you'll you'll see you'll see it'll okay. all make sense in the end so it, we hopefully aren't going to have to wait another two years to see the next one because you've already got this one underway no we, i mean the problem with 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 the publishing industry is everything's very slow so from as an author from the moment you turn the book in to the editor it's another year before it hits the shelves so we're writing as quickly as we humanly can to do another epic roman tome um and then all we can do from there is to to yell at tor and say get it out quickly get it out quickly but you know they they never listen they have their <laughs> <laughs> they, they have they have their whole system in place their machine with its wheels and its distribution system and you know uh, it, they're very inflexible in terms of when things come so it, once it slots into the machine then that's how long it takes to come out and there's no changing that so all we can do is 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 rush and work as quickly as we can hurry up and wait just like the movie industry you know, that's like you, that's that's Claudia. She's got fans yelling at her at the moment on the internet, saying, "Hurry up, read faster! We want the audiobook. Read faster!" <laughs> no, because if she reads she, faster, she, she, she's like an like absolute a... hero. She's going in there doing like six-hour sessions every day. She's coming out of voices hoarse. She can barely talk to me on the phone. Uh, she's exhausted. She's working out character voices for all the different characters and really emoting. And, you know, the fans are like, hurry up, more, more, now, give it now, you know. Jeez. uh, She's a human being. She can only do what she can. (laughs) Yeah, and that's about 25 pages every two hours. That's that's pretty much the limit. And at that point, you just sort of stop because the quality of the work goes down and your voice changes. You know, Uh I I work today and you can sort of tell that my voice is deeper than usual. It's because I was screaming a lot today because there was a lot of fight scenes. Um, you know, and it's 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 just what it is. I I, I don't I don't know anybody who could do a ten hour day on a voice gig. Yeah, that, that would that, be uh, that would be extraordinary beyond yeah. beyond human capacity. Uh, the fact yeah. that you're doing six hours a day is phenomenal. Oh, I'm not doing six hours. He's exaggerating. I, I started I started with uh, I'm doing sessions every day, but okay. they last a couple hours. I, I I started with three hours and 
and uh, it's just it's uh, like it's, I said, you you start to get mm-hmm. discombobulated. Um, I can do games for hours and hours, but that's completely different. Um, well, that's I one mean, lines. I've, that's I've that's single lines. Yeah, you sing, a, a, a game like Guild Wars, you're, you're doing single lines over mm-hmm. and over again, and that's and then you're doing shouts and things like that, and and maybe you're doing a paragraph here and there of dialogue. However, this is nonstop reading, and you have to go back every time you make a mistake, and everything has to be enunciated. And if you accidentally do Carbo's voice when you're supposed to be doing Flavius's voice, then you have to go back and fix that, and then you know, then Listenus has this voice going on, and I end up just thinking that I'm crazy. I, you know, I look at the sound editor. I'm like, well, what, what, what did it, what uncle sound like again? Jesus, you know, I've been, I've been astonished at the amount of work that Claudia has put into this. She's really going all out to do a fantastic recording. But the thing is, uh, I'm so concerned that people will hate one of the voices. And I can only imagine how annoying that would be. But frankly, there's two, very annoying and one of them is Geminis and the other one is Quintus but you know and I hate doing them but then again they're kind of annoying characters so (laughs) (laughs) the um the sound engineer who's who's working with Claudia on this um has become a bit of a fan of the book because she's been basically reading him the book over the last few months Mm -hmm. and uh the other day well you tell it Claudia you you were reading an exciting part of the book and you wanted to have a break (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I said, I, I need to go to the bathroom. And he said, no. I said, just read ahead. He said, I never do that. I want you to read it to me. And so he's uh, he's one of the big fans. He actually came to my signing at Barnes & Noble. But, and then today when I, I, I said to him, I was just coming upon a, uh, a sort of sexy scene. And I purposely, I started reading it. And I went, you know what? I've got to go to the bathroom. And he got all ticked off at me. <laughs> I walked out in the middle of a steamy scene. And I, I made a voice that got back. It's fun. We have been speaking with Claudia Christian and Morgan Grant Buchanan about Wolf's Empire Gladiator, a new novel from Tor Books, a future, a Roman future history novel, science fiction. Thank you for being with us on the Event Horizon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, and we ho- uh, look forward to seeing anybody at Comic-Con on the Saturday if they want to come along and get a book signed or uh, hear us talk on the world-building panel. You have been listening to episode 142 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for July 16th, 2016. Our guests this evening have been science fiction writers Claudia Christian and Morgan Grant Buchanan, co-authors of Wolf's Empire Gladiator from Tor Books. With your hosts, Gene Stammers a Lot Turnbow and Susan Works Tongues Fox. This episode will air again on Sunday, July 17th, 2016 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and two more times on the following Tuesday and Saturday morning at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes and Stitcher and our own website at kryptonradio.com as podcasts. If you are an artist, writer, actor, or other creator, and you would like to appear as a guest on the Event Horizon, please contact our production manager, Cat Carter, at catcarter at kryptonradio.com. Krypton Radio is substantially listener-supported, and if you enjoy hearing the Event Horizon each week, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash kryptonradio. Just five green pieces of paper a month. That's all we ask. This program is copyright 2016 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon... It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.